Welcome back to the Holy Unqualified Podcast, where my co-host Joe and I talk about current events from a Christian worldview. We invite you to listen, we want you to question, and we hope you enjoy the conversation today. Hey, how's it going, Shane? Good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. I have what I would consider to be, I guess you could say, monumental news. I, I think it's monumental. Monumental. That's yeah. pretty, that sounds pretty significant, man. I will tell you, the only way I know how to tell this story is from the beginning. I hope that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Okay. So here's here's the deal. My father had a heart attack when I was very young. The doctors basically said, you know, we, we were living in Connecticut at the time. And the uh, the cardiologist told my dad, you guys, you need to move somewhere in a warmer climate, you know, with your heart condition and so forth. You got to get out of this this cold weather. And so we moved from Connecticut to Florida in 1970, late 78, the beginning of 1979. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, he passed away soon after that, but that's not exactly relevant to the story yet. Where it is relevant is that all of my father's side of the family, the majority of them, of course, remained in Connecticut. I don't know why they didn't just pack up and move with us, but that's another story for another time. But <laughs> they well, the so, aftermath of Ian should be a good reason to right? why people didn't want to move there. Yeah, so so they all remained in Connecticut, and as often happens, you lose touch with people. And so when my father passed away, I was very young and it had just gotten to the point where we would visit them on vacations, which became more and more infrequent throughout my teenage years. And of course, we'd still get birthday cards and Christmas cards, that kind of thing. But then as I uh, got out of high school, went to college, over time, more and more family members that I just I just lost contact with. And so strange thing about a month ago, I would say, I just started, you know, because where I am now in my life, I would say I'm not really in contact with a lot of family members. And I started feeling like I wanted to, I wasn't really happy with the idea that I didn't have much family left. And I started to feel that. And I started to feel like, well, first of all, I don't know where they could be. Second of all, who wants to hear from Joe, the long distance, long lost relative from the 1970s. Oh, I don't sell yourself short on that one. Right. So what I decided, or what I rather I, I felt led to do, was I started praying for God to heal my family. And I started praying for God to, to restore my family. And what was interesting was, in the way I was praying about it, is I wasn't necessarily praying for my family to get in contact with me and I wasn't really like, I wasn't saying, oh, I would really like to talk to so-and-so. Not to say that I wouldn't, but my feeling was just, it was sort of nondescript. It was, okay, God, I don't know where everybody is. I don't know how everyone is. But if it's in any way possible, I would just like their lives restored. I would like their lives to be good. I would like them to be well, sort of thing. All of a sudden, it, it became this very selfless thing. 
where I just wanted them, I wanted them to be good. I wanted to pray for them kind of thing. Okay. Okay. And what was, what was really kind of cool. It, it started out at first where I thought, well, out of all of my family that I remember, I had this one cousin and he was the coolest. Okay. He had the first electric guitar I had ever picked up in my life. And I just, I loved guitar at that point and I still love it to this day. So this was, this was the guy, this was the guy okay. and he was my cousin. So he was part of my family and he was cool. And so I thought, okay, well, out of all of my family, granted, I hadn't seen to, to my, in my recollection, I don't recall seeing him or speaking to him since the seventies. Okay. But I decided if there was anyone in my family that I would, that I really felt like I, I, I would like to reach out to, it was going to be him because we would be able to talk about music. Hopefully he was still into music and we could talk about that and so on and so forth. So I reached out to him. I found him. I hunted him down on Facebook. Okay. And an interesting thing happened is we started texting and he said to me in a text, of course, he said, you know, mom and dad are still alive. Wow. Really? And I'm going, wow. So this is my dad's brother and his wife. So this is my aunt and uncle. Okay. He's 90. My uncle is 90. Okay. Wow. You know, so then we start making that connection and I actually get on the phone with my aunt and uncle and I would have to say the last time I had any contact with them at all was probably the late 80s. Okay. Okay. And so I I I get their digits, I give them a call, <laughs> right? And they're and like he, Joe who? <laughs> I seem to remember someone by that name. That's funny. Okay, it wasn't like that at all. No, of course. It wasn't like that at all. They were awesome. They were awesome and um I had always been inspired by my uncle because he was an artist. And as you know, I'm a graphic artist and I, he was in the same similar field. And so we're talking, talking for a bit, you know, going over reminiscing about things back in the seventies and eighties. And they said to me, we're sorry, we're going to have to cut this conversation short. <laughs> and the reason, the reason is because you're boring us to death. <laughs> The reason they had to cut this conversation short is because they had a gig. They a were, gig at 90? Yes. What kind of gig? Well, my uncle plays guitar and he sings and my aunt plays piano and violin and they had a gig, wait for it, at the old folks home. Oh, fantastic. Okay. That's so fantastic. I'm talking to my long lost dear aunt and uncle, and they have to cut the conversation short with me because they've got a gig. I wish I had a gig. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, with an audience and so forth, everything that, that you would expect to find at a gig. And so this sort of spurred this, okay, you know what? It's this feeling that I had where I said within myself, I said, you know what? I've had it. I'm going to take the the first step, as it were, and I'm going to find the rest of my family. And I'm going to say it this way, but I'm also going to, there's, there's going to be a tag at the end of it, okay? 
Okay. My mother was my father's second marriage. Okay. So my mother was my father's second wife. Uh, my father's first marriage, his first wife, he had three children. Okay. With Wait, really? Yeah. Not that I not this is not shocking information, okay? I was It is to me. You've never told you've never mentioned this not well, yes, one time. You. In, in all the time I've known you, you've never once mentioned this. Right. Yeah, I know. Because it's 40 years ago. Okay? It's 40 years ago. Um kind of. I mean to 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 my to, to my two sisters, my ha- okay, so I'm going to say it this way. And I'm going to like I said, I'm I'm going to have to tagline this, but but at this point in the story, they are my half sisters because they're okay. my half sisters. Okay, same father, different mother. Yep, I'm with you. And so I reach out to to one of my sisters, and then she expresses that I should reach out to my other half sister. Okay, which I do, and then the uh, you know, and then I'm I'm thinking, should I reach out to my half brother? And the thing of it was is that we had we had maintained contact longer with my half sisters than my half brother. I understand now is because the difference in age. Okay. Okay. And I didn't understand that then, but I understand it now. Sure. And so with, it's almost is, like, it's almost like sometimes as you get older, you, you gain wisdom. Yeah. 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 Weird. Weird. <laughs> and so, and so I, I've had extended conversations with both of my sisters and this is what's really cool is this week. I have spoken with my with my half brother and we had we had a similar we had a similar interaction when we first started when we first started talking and I thought it was so cool because what he shared with me was basically the first thought in his mind when he woke up was I get to talk to my brother today. Nice. And that was like the first thought that went through my mind and when he and I talked and I have to give him credit for this because this was kind of how I was, this was kind of how I was thinking about it, but it was, it was, um, it was very, it was very reassuring and, and it was right the way he explained it because I was looking at it from a kind of a legalistic standpoint and saying, well, you're my half brother. Right. And so when I, when we got on the phone, I was talking to my brother this week that's just an amazing thing just to say, but yeah, sure. So he said to me, he said that he doesn't have any other biological brothers. And so to him, these are his words. He says, you're, you're not my half brother. You're not my half anything. You're my brother. Nice. Okay. Nice. And so like that was resonating with me even before he said it. But the fact that he said it was just, I can't express to you how, how cool that is. I have not seen my brother that I, that I'm aware of since 1977 or 78. And so you're talking 44 years. Wow, man. 44 years. And so we we've, we've we've talked for for a bit. And I'm not I'm not going to go into all the the personal stuff. Sure. But yeah, so that's that's my big news. And in a weird kind of a weird way, it's sort of like for some reason or another, it's a couple of things have come to mind. First of all, God answers prayers. Right. Okay. Because in in me just beginning, to, you know, 
it could be argued, well, I was the one who went on Facebook and I was the one. Yeah, it could be that, you know, you could you could discount it in that fashion. All right. But I personally don't believe that the interactions that I would have had, because it's not the first time I've reached out. It's the first time I've reached out in a long time. Okay. But it's not the first time I've reached out. And every other time I've reached out, it's been um, – there's been a loss of communication. There's been misunderstandings. And I'm speaking collectively with my extended family at large, okay? Not these particular family members. But so there was a lot of it that I was carrying that was going, well, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure they would accept me. I'm not sure they would take me into the fold as a family member. Like, you know, we just talked last week. It's been 44 years. Why would they even accept me into their family? And so, like, I was thinking about this, and I'm, and I'm still now. I'm actively praying for them because now I know what's going on with their lives, and now I, I can see where I want to pray for God to heal them, and restore them, with, with all of us, each other. Like, I just want like the big happy, like that. Not to suggest that there's anything wrong, but simply to say that we're all in different places in our lives. And I can see that I want the big happy family thing. And I and I have I've never, I would say I've never had that. Maybe it's just where I am in my life right now, but I can see that I want to be connected with them now. But the sideline thing, and this is the thing that's really like blown up in my mind, okay, is the prodigal son. And in this analogy, I'm the prodigal son. And I'm reaching out back home. I'm reaching back out to my long lost family. And I'm wondering if they're going to accept me. And I'm wondering what sort of interactions or um, what sort of conversations we may have and whether they're going to be conversations that make me feel comfortable, whether they're going to be conversations that make me feel judged in any way. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, man, they, all of them, thank God. And I am grateful for each one of them for the way that they have embraced the relationship after all these years. Man, I'm, that's, it's just fantastic. I mean, it's a fantastic story. And I, I wonder how many people are out there listening that have a similar situation it, maybe not in terms of the specifics but in terms of there's somebody that they want to reach out to somebody they care about somebody that they want to be part of their life and, and the only thing holding them back is is wondering whether or not they'd be accepted growing up as a musician i had long hair and i was you know i was the rocker yeah and so i carried that as though it was something that they wouldn't accept about me. Mm -hmm. But it turns out all of that stuff was in my head. <laughs> yeah, most of the, most of the time it is. There there are certainly occasionally there are things about us that might rub somebody the wrong way, but you know, for the most part, man, everything that you're thinking about yourself, what changed in this particular, what was the big thing? You stepped outside of yourself. You started thinking about others. You know, how many, and, and, and 
not just relegated to Christianity, but to, to, I mean, how, how many places around the world is that the advice, you know, don't think so much about yourself. Think about the others. Yeah. And, and think about the collective, let's say, I don't mean collective and socialism. I'm just saying like, think about your, your family, your tribe, whatever you want to call it. And, and yeah, man, I mean, people love, people love to connect. I mean, there are very, there are very, very few people that I've ever met. And there's a couple, but by and large, most everybody I've ever met, they're just dying to connect with other people. They don't want to be alone. They don't want to be, we're not for, you know, we're not built that way, man. We're, we're supposed to be a part of a group, a family, a tribe. That's how we're built. We don't function well on our own. So I've got a family, man. I've had family, of course, but it's like I've gotten my family back. It's wild. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So there's a there are a couple of things about that, you know, I want to touch on. Okay. And and you kind of said it about how you gave all the credit to God. And you're like, you could say I had to reach out on Facebook and and do all those things, but you give the credit to God. I've talked about this before with you for sure. I probably mentioned on the podcast, but the old sort of saying, you could crystallize it as basically, you know, pray as if everything depends on God, but work as if, as if everything depends on you. And that's what you did. You prayed about it as if the only way it could work was God, but you also, you did it, you know, as if there was no way that connection was going to happen. And I find in my own life and most people's lives, if you let those two things work together, the results are staggering. Right on. So... Yeah. So I, man, I'm just, I just, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm happy for your family that, that you got that to come together. I think yeah. it speaks to the, to the real importance of family and, and community and tribe for everybody. I think we just lost a lot of that as a community. Sure. Yeah. That we've become so technologically advanced, but we've lost sight of that personal connection with, with each other. Dude, there is a comedian that I love. His name is Sebastian Maniscalco. He's a I mean, great comedian, great physical comedian, stuff's all over Netflix. But one of his, one of the bits that made him really famous about 10 years ago is he has this whole thing about that, how he goes, do you remember there used to be a thing such as having company, like company right. would right. come over to the house. He goes, sometimes the doorbell would ring and somebody would just show up at your house. Like, Hey, we were in the neighborhood wanted to stop by and say hello. Right. And he goes, and what did you do? You invited him in <laughs> and you, you, you put on coffee and there was like a special cake that your mom set aside to make sure like nobody eats this. This is only for company. Right. And he goes, now what do we do? He goes, the doorbell rings. He goes, you know, you shut the lights off. Your people are hiding, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> Hey, don't make any noise. They don't, we don't want to know we're home. And yeah, man, I mean, it's been, you and I have lived through that change. We went from being kids when that was a thing. I mean, up until let's say cell phones were, were really a thing. I made it all the way through college in 2000 without a cell phone. Oh, I was, I was much later than that. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, I would just show up at people's houses and they would show up at my house and like, Hey, what are you doing? Like you were that guy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I surrounded myself with people who were the same, you know, yeah. open door policy. I was not that guy. <laughs> no, really? Yeah. No, I was call 
and make plans. I'm going to be there in an hour. I'm leaving now. I wasn't that bad, but I was always a call first kind of guy. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I'm like, if I'm home, let's hang out. If I'm not, well, yeah, you know, better luck next time. That's cool. That's cool. (laughs) Oh man. But you know, the other thing, and I wanted to just touch on this briefly, when I was a kid, we would have family reunions. Right. And I would say there would be maybe a hundred people, give or take. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was not a small affair. We do this once a year. Really? Yeah, yeah. And what was what's really interesting to me about it was there were four sisters. It was my dad's mom and his sisters. And the four sisters basically kept the family together. Yeah. And the sisters slowly, you know, of course, time moves on. They passed on. But up until the last one passed on, we would have these big family reunions. And then the way I remember it, and I think I'm remembering it correctly, basically the last one passed away. That was it. Wow. Yeah. And then that was it. That was it. And it's like, and we've had, you know, certainly different people have, have kind of tried to rekindle it a little bit. But I mean, people would drive from 100 miles or more away for these, you know, family reunions once a year. And then it was like, all it took, all it took was one person. And that one person was the glue that kept all these people, let's say a hundred people connected. And then that one person went away. And then the groups just, the, the family just kind of splintered and not in a, it wasn't not in a way of, you know, nobody's mad at each other. Right. But it was like from one year to the next, the effort that it took, let's say, to reach out, to organize it, to keep the family together. It just took that one person, but that one person made it all happen. So with what you're describing, that's what you did, man. I, I, I commend you for it. I'm, I'm happy it worked out the way it did. I don't think that because, and not to disagree with you, but I was the outlier, I think that the family was probably doing just fine without me. I think the family was, I mean, to my knowledge, they actually had a family reunion uh, about five years ago. Okay. They just didn't know how, they didn't know where I was. They had no way of, they had no way of reaching me because they didn't know where I was. And so I was the outlier and I'm, I, as far as I understand, all of the family has remained in contact and if that's not the case, it would be a surprise to me. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, but either way, man, I mean, yeah, maybe the same, that example is not applicable here, but I guess the, the, the bigger, broader point was just that one person, in your particular case, you making the effort to be part of your family, they were happy to have you. Yeah. And, and I think there are millions of people out there that are part of a family that if one person just made some effort to connect to those people they want to be part of, not only would they be part of it, they could probably reconnect a lot of other people along the way. Right. So that's all I got, man. There's my big, there's my big news. Well, that's fantastic (laughs) news though. That's, I mean, that's worth, that is worth celebrating for sure. So I'm, I'm super stoked to hear that. And, you know, man, I, I would just simply say that let Joe's story today be an encouragement to you. If there's anybody if there's anybody that you haven't connected with in a long time that you feel like you should, make that phone call. Step out there on faith a little bit and, and connect to them. 
guy that I was friends with, we've been saying this since high school, but that's his favorite thing was always to say, he goes, Hey, if you had an hour left, who would you call? What would you say? What are you waiting for? Right. So, yeah, I think, I think I speak for Joe in saying we encourage you to do that. Yeah. And until next time, God bless.